Hello, I'm Bob Johnson, and welcome to another episode of The X-Files. I, I mean, welcome to another episode of Brick House. Oh man, which which one does that make me? I'm Matt Baker, and I'm uh, Scully. <laughs> Scully and Mulder. I got the show confused because there's just the craziest conspiracy in the NBA that, uh, that maybe I could never remember. Yes. Yeah. Maybe it's not a conspiracy at all, but uh, I've got my foil hat on today, Matt, oh, I, to talk I, about it. There's nothing I love more than a, a Bob Johnson wearing his tinfoil hat, <laughs> ready to shout some craziness at me. Maybe truthful craziness. We I, never know. We never know. This is all just pure speculation. It's really more fan fiction than... Uh, Pulled from anything that uh, is based in reality or fact right now. NBA fan fiction. <laughs> but it's very early in the the event. We'll, should we explain what we're talking about? The thoner, the thunder, the thoner. The thoner. The part yeah. owner of the thunder, yeah. Aubrey McClendon, died this past week, uh, one day after he was indicted by a federal court. He was charged with violating the Sherman antitrust laws, which... Trying uh, to trying, trying to corner the market. Yeah, but uh, he was accused of uh, rigging bids That's for right. yeah. land. And uh, the more research I've done on uh, Chesapeake Energy and American Energy Partners, uh, the two companies that Aubrey McClendon started, uh, the more I learned that... He was really running a company that was uh, destined to fail big or succeed big with no real in-between. You, you didn't fall down the Chesapeake Energy rabbit hole. You fell down the Chesapeake Energy giant oil well into the Internet. Yeah, yeah, a mile-long, deep well. When I, when I came over this morning to record all the, the blinds were closed <laughs> and you were sitting in the corner and you're like, did anyone follow you in? <laughs> I'm like I don't know what's going on. I'm like shut the door. Oh, okay. After the after the incident, I actually first found out from you. You know, I I we we did a lot of research about the owners for the NBA previews. Yeah. And these guys, I spent a lot of time um, reading about just because Rolling Stone has printed so many anti-fracking yeah. articles. There's actually a lot of dirt written on these owners. I walked by a Wall Street Journal newspaper, and I looked at it, and in the corner it said, Thunder owner Aubrey McClendon indicted on chart. And I thought, like, wait, isn't that, the, and I, isn't that the one that just died? And then I looked and saw that it was yesterday. I'm like, this is super weird. Something, this is crazy. I have to, t I have to text Bob. Something, something smells rotten in Denmark, yeah. as they say. So he was not wearing a seatbelt at the time of the crash either. Well, I read a couple of conflicting things on that. Oh, okay. I read in one article that he was not wearing a seatbelt, but I read in another one that the car was so badly burnt that it was impossible for police to tell whether or not he was wearing a seatbelt. Oh, so the seatbelt might have burnt up. Everything burnt up in the car <laughs> really, really quickly. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I was just telling you that when I looked up the top reasons for a car to catch fire, yeah. the number one reason was... The person sets it on fire themselves. Yeah. yeah. It was very, very suspicious. But, I, you know, it really was, if you're going to build a, a good, solid conspiracy, you got to start with motivation, you know? Right. Who benefits from this guy dying suddenly at age 56 one day before he's supposed to appear in court? But the initial first thought would be the company. I've watched enough hour-long dramas on CBS and TNT. Yeah. 
to know <laughs> that if something like this happens, there's always the potential for some shenanigans to go on. Yeah, big tobacco or uh, big energy, big pharma, you know. We big all, whatever. We all assume they have some hitmen mm-hmm. secretly on the on the payroll. You know, to that effect, some of the conspiracies I started researching were suggesting that cars can be hacked nowadays. Yeah. Now cars have an internal computer. Right. And, you know, found a few articles suggesting that some journalists who were sniff- sniffing around the wrong corporations possibly met their demise like that. Similar sort of thing. Single car crash over right. 100 miles per hour. Seemingly no reason for a uh, nebbish, you know, journalist to be out joyriding in the middle of the night, you know. Right. But, you know, one thing, just from reading the articles, just from reading the headlines of the articles yeah. about Aubrey McClendon throughout his years, I mean, the Forbes wrote an article calling him the world's most reckless billionaire. Wow. His company actually doesn't really make all their money from drilling land their their business operations are intentionally confusing and what they're really making most of their money from is flipping land okay which is why the bid rigging was such a big deal um, he was forced out of chesapeake energy by partners and moved down the street and started american energy partners uh-huh. um, and then they would put in bids for a plot of land they've been acquiring land the company chesapeake owns uh, so many million acres it's like the size of west virginia right the total amount of land that they own but throughout if, throughout the nation throughout the country right obviously but if you're rigging bids on land that's what they're accused of doing is that prior to going in on a bid they would agree which company was going to win for how much and then when that company won they would sell or give part stake in the wells and the land to the other company sure so they're just working working everyone's in cahoots basically yeah he's really built this house of cards right you know could make one person think that suicide was the cause of the death. When I heard about this, that's where I went. That's where my head went initially. He wouldn't be the first billionaire to be charged with uh, doing something nefarious or, you know, questionably right. legal. The thing with the billionaires in America who are charged with these white-collar crimes is normally they don't suffer any consequences, except for maybe uh, you they'll know, play, they'll, they'll a be, slap on the wrist. Right. They'll pro- it would be a pretty substantial fine, I would imagine, plus... Some sort of time. I'm no legal expert, Bob. Oh? <laughs> yeah. I would imagine that his the business would have had to pay a ton of money. So, yeah, that's what made me think. If this, in fact, was suicide, maybe what they were going to uncover was going to be just so obviously bad. Yeah. That not only would he not be able to escape the penalties, but the shame and everything, his family's suffering. More information is going to come out about it. It's just too fascinating and curious for people not to follow up, I would think. How many times does this happen where a major, I say major public figure, a lot of people didn't know his name, but he is a he is a guy worth a lot of money, so he is a major public figure in some circles. How often does he get someone get indicted and then die the next day? It is. It is the last. The last time I can remember something even remotely similar was Kenneth Lay, the CEO of Enron. Oh yeah, who had a heart attack days before he was supposed to report to prison. Right, but even then, they that was after he was going to 
prison. He they made it through all that other stuff. And right, it, right. So it, it that's really, another theory, though. You know, some people believe um, that Kenneth Lay never died and that he faked his own death, and that is something that you know. I guess is on the table as long as we're writing the X Files here. Sure, with you, McClendon. If until they get results back from dental records, because I assume if everything burned, he burnt. That that would be the the assumption. And you know, I I'm not sure on how to um, fake a crime scene with DNA and dental records and that sort of thing. Yeah, but. If I had a billion dollars and I didn't know how to fake a crime scene with DNA and dental records, I would maybe talk to a dentist or the coroner yeah. or the police who would be on the scene. How much money would it take to get them to say, like, that was Aubrey McClendon? You know? Sure. <laughs> Clearly, this is his car. It's, would someone else be driving his car? The car I thought was interesting, a 2013 Chevy for a guy who makes $128 million a year. Yeah. Well, I, I have heard, uh, on that note, I have heard a lot of people who have made their money tend to buy used because they let someone else take the hit. So I, I that... that It is a gas guzzler, too. I mean, that's good for Chesapeake That's true. He want, he's, he's, he's contributing to the cause. Yeah, that would be weird if... The chairman of Chesapeake Energy was driving around in a Prius. Well, that's enough about Aubrey McClendon. Let's get into uh, let's get into some new acquisitions made on some actual NBA rosters, Matt. Wanted to ask you, you know, based on these signings, what's the biggest signing? We were we were hoping for some big players that were rumored to be traded on the trade market. Yet the McRib is still with McDonald's, <laughs> and OJ is still with black people. <laughs> but there are some players that are on some new teams, starting with the sad sack story of the Western Conference, the Houston Rockets, oh, man. who just signed for the rest of the season, not to attend a contract, the Chinese League MVP, uh-huh. Michael B. Easy. Michael Beastly. <laughs> And uh, former Laker Andrew Gaudelock. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Rose made a comment during the Rockets game the other night saying, uh, did Beasley just check in at 420? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't looking. thought that was pretty clever, Jalen. Really <laughs> so I don't know what the hell the Rockets are doing these days. I mean... It's like they're, they're making it a game now. It's like we don't want to just be the team that's shooting the most three-pointers. We want to be the team that's hiring the most irresponsible basketball yeah. players in the world. <laughs> Has Maury jumped the shark on his own brilliance? He might have. I, I don't know. But maybe he was just like, you know, realizing the second go-round signing Josh Smith wasn't working out. And so now he's just doubling down on uh power forwards who make terrible decisions yeah they got rid of the dysfunction with ty ty lawson so they had to just re-sign yeah. the dysfunction with beasley you know the opposite of a stupid rocket signing is got to be the spurs signing kevin martin pop will do the jedi mind trick you don't need the ball thing right in front of his yeah. face and then he'll, he'll say i don't need the ball I just got to imagine that the the plane the, for the Spurs now has got to have like an old man section where Duncan, Miller, David West, Kevin Martin, I, I imagine them just like playing chess or playing pinochle or canasta <laughs> at the back of the plane, you know, 
just uh, talking about like the best lawn fertilizers and you know uh, how things were before the war and so, so. yeah, Ginobili's <laughs> over there. And yeah. let me tell you about some of these other signings, Matt. And you tell me which one you think could uh, maybe affect a playoff team the most. The Pacers signed Ty Lawson. Oh, the Pacers ended up with him. I, I, Pacers ended up with I Ty. totally spaced out on where he went. Joe Johnson, we already talked about last week's in Miami. The Thunder just a couple days ago signed Nazar Muhammad. Yeah. Chris Humphreys left to Phoenix after that trade and now signed with Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Another player that um, is really trying to make a playoff team or any team is Baron Davis. He's playing for the 76ers D-League team, the 87ers now, Yeah, and busted out a dunk and a Steph Curry-esque 40-foot three-pointer in his wow. first game. Why wouldn't Baron Davis get a shot? I mean, I know he's old, but yeah, you got to think Baron, old, old Baron is better than some of these other guys that are floating around getting jobs. Would you rather have old Baron or Ty Lawson? I love Baron Davis. He's one of my favorite players of all time, so it's hard for me to be uh, subject or objective there. Would you rather have – I know there are different positions, but would you rather have Michael Beasley or Baron Davis? Again. I know, same I thing, mean, you, one of your favorite players, but you would – They both are going to bring a lot of good weed to the team, but yeah. I think Baron Davis would use it more responsibly. Yeah, well, and if you, but you're just getting rid of Ty Lawson, so you have a need at – at yeah. some sort of guard who wears a headband sometimes. Yeah. So wh- which team do you think Baron Davis could actually help the most? Maybe like Dallas or someone or or oh, definitely. or Charlotte. He, he definitely seems like Dallas material. He's uh, at that mercenary age to play on a short, unguaranteed contract. Yeah. So the pro- the thing with some of these teams like the Cavs, he he would fit on the. It'd be hilarious if he was on the Cavs with after them bringing him and Kyrie, the pick that turned into Kyrie. Yeah. Well, I hope he does. I'm going to continue to monitor that situation, but his highlights are getting on ESPN. I think he's getting close. Question, Bob. We we had another Warriors-Thunder matchup. I am 100% convinced now the Thunder have no shot of beating the Warriors in the playoffs. They had a rough week. They had a rough, but it's one thing to lose, but when they were showing the thunder on the the bench westbrook and those guys when they were just showing they just looked like a team that knew they have no shot at this moment to beat the warriors maybe maybe it was sam presti that hacked aubrey mcclendon's car he just just couldn't deal with having this mess up the year of kevin durant's free agency you know what a better excuse to go to the lakers than you know my Man. My owner is turning Oklahoma into Swiss cheese. Yeah, rough week for all, all the Thunder. For a team that has two of the best five or six players in the league, to, in my opinion, not even have a shot to beat the Warriors is just completely crazy. Yeah. Yeah, their team is kind of like Space Jam, where they have the superstar, and then yeah. if you pass the ball, though, you've got a Looney Tune, you know, with not <laughs> yeah. a lot of, or yeah. Wayne Knight, you know. <laughs> yeah. On the wing, it, I mean, it, Andre Roberson is a, a zero or a negative ten on offense. 
You know, you can't I, pass him the ball. He can't dribble, he can't pass, and he can't shoot. I, you know? I, yeah, I, <laughs> it's like playing four on five. It's funny you mention that because I had that thought when I was watching the game and seeing Ro- Robertson run around thinking this guy can't be getting substantial minutes for a team that yeah. hopes to win a championship. For but, Dion Waiters is well, just, the problem. They, they were just play- as bad but uh, has way more confidence to their, think that he's great. Their options... Their options, if you don't want to play Robertson or Foy and Waiters, which are kind of the same player. Yeah. And honestly, it kind of feels like why the Cavs couldn't beat the Warriors last year. Granted, they had injuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have a team like the 96 Bulls where they had someone like Luke Longley in the middle, you know, and you're just like, wow, how can a championship team have such a shitty starter like Luke yeah. Longley? It's like, well, you also the four other players are really good. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, but say that same thing. I I like Bogut. Uh-huh. I I think Bogut's a fine player, but is is Bogut what, what you think a championship team would have at center? Maybe in today's NBA, but all yeah. the same thing. Like, well, he's still a number one pick in the draft, and you know, I know they're both Australian centers, but he's no Luke Longley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the Thunder don't have the Thunder don't have an Igudala that they know can mm-hmm. come off the bench and like be a capable capable yeah. player. It, Donovan's only started to finally not take Durant and Westbrook out at the same time for long stretches. Yeah. He's finally learned that he has to keep at least one of those guys in pretty right. much all the time, right. which pretty much uh, results in Kevin Durant playing entire quarters yeah. without taking any time off. Cause it, just because just cause he takes one out doesn't mean he's going to swap. He still wants to have both of them in there at the same time. Yeah. Matt, I wanted to introduce a, uh, a new section today. Oh, man. It's called uh, Evidence Matt and Bob Are Getting Old. Oh, yeah. Listen to this little tidbit I found. Waking uh, up in the morning. That's number one. <laughs> Devin Booker's dad uh, talked to the Players' Tribune this week. Yeah. And Devin Booker... You know, as a potential future superstar of your Phoenix Suns. I sure hope so. Devin Booker's dad is moving out of the house that uh, Devin grew up in this month. And just just in the past 30 days, took a Kevin Durant fathead down from Devin Booker's room. Yeah. Because Devin Booker grew up watching Kevin Durant. He was 11 years old during Durant's rookie That's year. That's insane. And is now an NBA basketball That's so player. crazy. <laughs> yeah, so Kevin Durant was the player during his formative basketball years. Yeah. You know, it's Man. like I was trying to think of what our comparison would be. It's like you and I grew up like right around the time we were too young to really know. The Berlin Wall came down. Mm-hmm. And so now we live with this you know, idea that there once existed this thing called the Berlin Wall, right. although we weren't really, you know, thinking people to really remember yeah. what it was like right. when there was a Berlin Wall. We acknowledge wall. that this thing exists, right. but we don't remember it. This is Devin Booker's relationship with the Seattle Supersonics. Whoa. You know? Yeah. It is just, it is, the Seattle Supersonics are ancient history for a current NBA player now. Yeah. You know, I just thought... Man, I uh, maybe should shave my head, and then you won't ever see the gray hairs. Well, he he <laughs> he know he knows nothing about the Vancouver Grizzlies. Then, yeah, all he, all he <laughs> forget about it. Yeah, those those 
teal jerseys or whatever the color Sharif they were. Abdur Rahim yeah. is his great great grandfather. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, that's really crazy. I um, wanted to uh, I wanted to definitely touch on the quotes from a couple of superstars this week. Well, I don't know if you consider him a superstar, Matt. But I'll tell you. What's the deal with What's the deal with Carmelo Anthony engaging with hecklers in Madison Square Garden? I think this is really the sign of the times that Carmelo Anthony's days with the New York Knicks are numbered. Yeah. There's less than 20 games to go in the season. What happened was the other night a fan was heckling the Knicks and particularly Melo. He's sitting on the bench. The guy's yelling over and over, hey, Mello, you suck. Classic. You know, I'm not coming to any more games. This is terrible. Mello, normally, like all other NBA players, will tune heckling like this out. But the frustration had mounted to a boiling point, and he fired back at the fan, yelling right within earshot of James Dolan. I mean, there's a footage um, that I saw on the starters where he, Mello is less than five feet from Dolan, yelling at this fan, saying, if you don't like it, here's the owner right there. Why don't you ask him for your money back? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Which is a valid request. In, in sure. fact, uh, Robert Sarver of the Phoenix Suns did a thing last year where he said, if you didn't have a fun at the Phoenix Suns game, mail in your ticket stubs and we'll send you your money back. You right. remember that? Man? Right, yeah. So it's not unheard of for this, although the Knicks charge a lot more for their tickets than the phoenix suns i would do. imagine so but not not only that they uh, they doubled down on the embarrassment by Mello issuing one of those athlete you know agent pr written apologies the yeah. next day he said uh what did he say i don't really think i said anything wrong the guy said he wasn't coming to any more games i said what are you talking to me about it the <laughs> owner's right there and then later asked whose idea was it to apologize for engaging with the heckler and he said yeah. well that was i mean the owner told me to do that that was the nick's idea too so he he made an apology and then quickly said it wasn't his idea wasn't his idea yeah solid the final straw that when I read it, I realized Mello is done with the Knicks. Was that that Wednesday evening, the team had a charity bowling function, which Mello did not attend oh, for man. personal reasons. Well, if we've seen anything in the NBA this year, it's that uh, the, bowl, the year of the bowling camaraderie <laughs> outings. If you're on a shitty team, you got you doing your business in the bowling alley these days. Yeah. That's where relationships are forged. So something something must be up because if he didn't attend the team building bowling, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. might as well just sent a a message to Dolan there at the bowling alley that was like, "I'm not going to make it," and he wrote it on his no trade clause yeah, you know, yeah he's already signed it just like <laughs> yeah. send me to the damn hornets i don't care anymore <laughs> yeah yeah where mellow will go we'll have to save for another speculative uh, podcast because i want to talk about talk about the king what the fuck has anything got to do with lebron james
this section, uh, what the fuck does anything have to do with LeBron James? But uh, for the purposes of this one, it's really more of what the fuck or who the fuck is LeBron James tweeting about? Oh, man. He sent a, uh, a tweet out the other day saying, it's okay to know you've made a mistake because we all do it at times just to be ready to live with whatever that comes with it and be with those who will protect you at all costs. When asked about this tweet, LeBron James says it had nothing to do with basketball and nothing to do with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, sure. It was just, you know, a classic LeBron Natural James. follow-up question to that would yeah. be, well then, who were you tweeting about, LeBron? Yeah. You know? He wouldn't say. Uh-huh. Some people speculate that they're ta- he's talking about Stephen A. Smith for reporting that Kyrie Irving is unhappy in Cleveland and mm, wants to leave. You yeah. know, saying that Smith has you know, made a mistake. He should maybe admit to making a mistake. Right. Or maybe he, in fact, is talking about Kyrie. I mean, last year he tweeted about uh, fitting in rather than fitting out. Yes. Which yeah. was obviously to everyone involved Kevin uh, Love. about Kevin Love. Yeah. He swore that it wasn't about Kevin Love. Then a few weeks later, it was just like, all right, oh, okay, me. fine. It was. Yeah. Um, maybe this actually was about Kyrie. If Kyrie, if what Stephen A. Smith reported was true, and Kyrie or his people have expressed sentiments that he is unhappy in Cleveland, that would definitely get uh, LeBron to say something about that. Or, of course, LeBron James could have been talking about Aubrey McClendon. You know, oh. if he made a mistake, you know, there's no reason you have to go and drive into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, why would LeBron James even be care about this? Because while he does spend a lot of time protecting his brand and marketability, he's also expressed a desire to be, like, the richest athlete to ever live. Right. We've talked about that. He's takes classes from personal classes from Warren Buffett and all that. Yeah, you know what uh, stock really went down after this Aubrey McClendon stuff? Chesapeake Energy and American Energy Partners. Yeah. If LeBron James had invested some money in those companies, I could see why, you know, he'd send out a tweet, although not one to admit what it's really about. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, some other bullshit LeBron James said this week was that the Cavs don't have an enforcer-type player and that he's never won an NBA championship without one on the team. Okay. So who would he say the other one? Who Did he give any clue to who the Miami Heat ones were? People assume that the Miami Heat players he must have been talking about were Udonis Haslam, Haslam yeah. and or Chris Birdman Anderson. Right. Uh, those are the, the tough guys on the team. Right. Even Kyrie Irving agreed with LeBron's statement saying that uh, – that they don't have an enforcer. People were speculating that maybe LeBron was talking about Kendrick Perkins mm-hmm. uh, because him and a lot of other Cavs players were, quote, pissed, pissed off when he wasn't re-signed in the offseason and instead his roster spot went to 29-year-old rookie Sasha Khan, yep. who has not played many minutes at all for this, for this team. But, Matt, let's... Examine the Cleveland Cavaliers roster, and if you had to pick somebody as an enforcer, let's just imagine all these players, you don't know them, except they're in a police lineup. Okay. Right? And you're just looking at all these guys, and you had to, you know, say, that guy, he's the tough guy on the team. Yeah. Who Who would you pick? 
out of that lineup. Man, of all the Cavs. I would probably go with the guy who uh, learned how to play basketball playing against wild bears and members of the KGB. One uh, seven foot three Russian, Moscow, Timothy Moscow. Yeah, yeah, he would be uh, uh, the the tough the tough guy that I would see on the team would maybe Mo Williams just because he's a yeah a, been around a while. Like it, Moscow. It's not Tristan Thompson. It's not Sha- Sasha Khan. It's not Love or Fry or yeah. yeah. Moscow seems like he could be the tough guy in a Bond movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, let right. alone an NBA team. You know, and if it wasn't Le- or if it wasn't Timothy Mozgov, and you had to just look at all the players on the Cavs and pick one out as being super strong and tough and mean, it's LeBron James. Yeah. He's like one of the biggest, strongest <laughs> dudes in the NBA, and he's fast as well. You know, yeah, looking for an enforcer type. And you know who's actually tougher and dirtier than Udonis Haslam or Chris Birdman Anderson? Matthew Dellavedova. Right. I guarantee you, right. if I had to bet and you were to put Udonis Haslam and Matthew Dellavedova in a giant potato sack, Dellavedova's the only one coming out alive out oh, of that yeah. potato sack. Oh, yeah. You know, he'll, he'll scrap you to death. When NBA players were asked to vote on who they thought the dirtiest player in the NBA was, without any candidates to choose from, over 50% of NBA players voted that it was Matthew Delavidella. Right, right. <laughs> Enforcer type. Why, <laughs> I, I don't understand this, you know. <laughs> the, one, the one last quote that LeBron got uh, pissy about this week was um, comments about Anderson Verjao. Verjao, as we talked talked about last week, signed with the Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. and made a comment of, as soon as he got there, about how great it is to come to a team that shares the ball so much and uh, is yeah. so happy together, right. which you know could be seen as a guy happy to, you know, accept being cut from the only team he's been on for his thirteen NBA seasons right. and you know, moving on and and happy with his new situation. Or if you're LeBron James, you could see it as a veiled dig at the <laughs> yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers. And so LeBron's comment to this was, they're 55-5, and five. of course they're happy. You know, Stevie yeah. Wonder could tell you that they're happy, you know. Yeah, uh, I love it. It's just all, just <laughs> all crumbling. Yo mama is so fat. For the diss of the week this week, I actually got it from a, uh, a rival podcast. Uh, I say rival, but it is one of my favorite NBA podcasts. It's called uh, Sources Say. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to that one? I think it was uh, uh, a little bit. It was originally NBA After Dark on uh, Grantland. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Chris Ryan and Juliet Littman. Uh, Juliet Littman has had this ongoing running joke about having a huge crush on Chandler Parsons. Mm-hmm. And Chandler Parsons was actually a guest on the show nice. this past week, um, but he he was the uh, source for the uh, the diss of the week because they were asking him what it's like to play on a team with Dirk Nowitzki, and he's just explaining how Dirk is like the most sarcastic player or person that he knows. But yeah, he just loves uh, playing with them. They do shooting contest after every practice, and he's learning a lot. 
from this guy, although he does make fun of his hair and his uh, fashion sense. But the diss of the week is from Dirk, and he, you know, the Chris Ryan and Juliet Lippman were asking Parsons for an example of Dirk Nowitzki's amazing sarcasm. So apparently, in every Dallas game, whenever Chandler Parsons will pull up for a three, whether he makes it, whether he misses it, whether he's wide open or he's guarded, Dirk Nowitzki will yell out, of course, (laughs) (laughs) just like turn around and start running back the other way. Anytime Chandler Parsons pulls up for a shot in the middle of a game. (laughs) I just thought that was hysterical. Oh, that's so good. Of course. (laughs) Just giving it to him. Like, of course. Oh, man. Dirk is great. One of my my all-time favorite players. Oh, man, that's really good. Did what did what did Parsons did Parsons like say he loved it? Yeah, Parsons says you know he has to he has to really focus on his shot so he's not cracking up laughing yeah. before the ball leaves his hand. On the next episode of Brick House. Well, the Lakers are one of the teams one of the teams in sports history that has gone the longest without a mascot. They're jealous of the Clippers' new oh. mascot, Chuck the Condor, Ooh. who's just unveiled this past who, week. Who wouldn't be jealous of that? God. Prestigious. <laughs> he gave away uh, Chuck Taylors to everybody in the audience for the uh, Brooklyn Nets-Los Angeles Clippers game. Everybody in the audience. Everybody in the audience got Chuck Taylors for the release of uh, of Chuck the Condor. And the Lakers were were a little jealous, so they are next week unveiling their new mascot, Nicky the Humpback Whale. (laughs) And he's giving away free Nikes, not Converse. Yeah. Real good shoes. Um, (laughs) uh, What what would Nicky, Nicky, female mascot? Nicky, female mascot. Ooh, I like that. I hadn't even thought about it. She's spelled like Nike, but we call her Nicky. You know, <laughs> oh, oh, I I completely just glossed right over that. It's one thing these billionaires uh, have in common is they don't like spending their own money, you right? Know? So you get a corporate sponsor to pay for and uh, you know maintain the cost of your mascot. That's the wave of the future here, Matt. Yeah, the humpback <laughs> whale has about as much in common with the Lakers as uh, a condor has with a clipper ship. So. This, I guess we'll give it to him. This is a pretty good. This is a pretty good diss of the week uh, to follow up on yeah. that. <laughs> I just looked when I was looking this up. Vince Staples, a rapper, a Long Beach native, and Clippers fan, after Chuck the Condor was revealed to the world, he tweeted out, "Elton in all caps, Elton Brand didn't die for this." <laughs> <laughs> And then he followed that up with fourth in the West and we out here off brand fruit Lupin. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, in in actual seriousness, I heard a lot of people my age complaining about how stupid this mascot is. But you know who I didn't hear complaining about it was any like seven or eight year old kids for which the mascot is designed. Mask mascots are uh they're for the kids but you know you could really win this 31 year old's heart with a couple of you know cool dunks or you know funny antics and you know chuck's just getting started so 
when the war between the humpback whale and the condor starts, that's when things will start to get interesting in Los Angeles mascot territory. Oh, man, can't wait. Until then, please follow us at Brickhouse Pod. Tell your friends to listen. Hey, maybe uh, send us some questions and we'll send you a T-shirt or something. Ooh. So uh, the bribes are out there. Send us some ideas for some new mascots for the Yankees or anybody else that, <laughs> that needs one. And we'll talk to you next week.